0: This edition of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2019 Greek Island Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Join Damien Christoph, and myself for 10 days on the island where people forget to die. Live with the locals, drink the wine, eat the food and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine harvesting, village hopping, beach days on the Aegean Sea, farming and foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, details, highlights of previous events and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-served basis.
1: Thewellnesscoach.com
0: Hello and welcome to One Hundred Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pearce here with you, and I get to welcome back my brother from another mother, the co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph. How are you, legend?
1: Woohoo, Pearcey! It's such a great thing. Happy New Year, mate! It's great to be back with you, and uh, thank you so much for flying the ship uh, while I was, you know. You had some very around. important it,
0: business to attend to. You had a very good quality time uh, excursion with your son Jackson over to Hawaii. Spent a bit of time yes. with the family in Sydney, but I missed you. I missed you greatly. So I'm very excited to be back with you in 2019.
1: Well, we did get to catch up. We did catch up um, in person, which was really nice um, at a really uh, special event. A little shout out here to our great friend Tesla. What um, a 10th
0: wedding anniversary that was! That just set phew. the bar, didn't it?
1: Yeah, and look, many of our listeners would remember Tess. Uh we interviewed Tess speaking about her battle with cancer and she celebrated her tenth wedding anniversary at Rip and Lee in Melbourne. Um was it, it was just before Christmas, wasn't yep, it? Just December before Christmas. 22. Yeah. yeah. And uh we had a beautiful time and your kids ran around and we've all had ice cream and it was uh, it was great. Really? We did it, all the but, things
0: yeah. we did all the things that we don't put on social media, didn't we? We yeah, just waited right. half but an hour for ice time. cream and had a great time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, when we are at Icaria, we have ice cream and we drink. So we kind of just had an Icarian experience in and Lee.
0: Well, there's a number of endearing memories from Icaria. Yes, you mentioned ice cream, the goat's milk ice cream in Armenistis, But do you remember one of my most endearing <laughs> memories is in Armenistis at the beach, all of us there on a rest day at the beach, as restful yes. as it comes, and yes. uh, I was sipping on a Chino. You were probably trying to uh, just take your tan up to a 3.0 level in your quest to beat Jackson's <laughs> tan, but your wonderful, incredible wife, Amber, is lying yes. down reading a book called My Icaria which really did capture the conversation of many of us over in Icaria at the time. And many people Mm -hmm. wanted to know what uh, the book was all about. And uh, we said at that time, because we were trying to actually interview Spiri Sinceris, the author of the book, before we went to Icaria, but we just couldn't make it work. And we said on the island, we've got to interview Spiri. When we get back, and in true Icarian fashion, it has taken us many months to make this happen. <laughs> uh, but now, on well, I think it's episode 300 and something of 100 Not Out, it gives us great pleasure in bringing on the author of My Icaria and many other books. She is the founder of Tribal Tomato, a multi award winning author. in Sincerus, welcome to 100 Not Out.
2: Why, thank you, Marcus and Damien. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh-
1: It's wonderful to have you here, it really is great and uh, my wife was after an immersion because she missed out on coming to the first trip that we did to Ikaria, and she was like, I want to go on the second trip and I said, yep, sounds great and then she got there and she was doing an immersion into Ikaria and the lifestyle and so she picked up your book and she was all over it, she loved it, she thought it was great and so everyone in our camp was going, who's this, what's this book about and we said, we'll interview you and just like Marcus said before and here we are, so we feel very special That you've joined us, but how did the trip to Ikaria come about in the first place?
2: Okay, well, look, it was a long time in coming. In that, um, the original sort of impetus, or the the way I found out about Ikaria, was reading an article um, about one Stamatis Moraitis, who was an elderly gent, um, and perhaps you've mentioned him on this podcast before. But he, um, I saw an article about him in the Guardian, I think it was, and. He, the picture of him and what, what he had to say, um, what was said about him, really resonated with me in that um, I was feeling a bit low at the time. I was a little bit unhealthy. I'd just been to the doctor and my blood sugars were up and my iron was low and just feeling a bit of a general malaise. Um, and when I saw the picture of this guy, he really reminded me, I guess, of my um, grandparents and the sort of really simple... Um kind of Greek village lifestyle they led um in Greece, sort of in the south of Greece, and I guess it reminded me of some of the things that they did that kind of kept them happy and healthy without really trying. So the article was kind of the start of this feeling of needing to do something to shift this malaise and this kind of general ill health, nothing specific but just a general feeling. Um and so I kind of this idea was born in my mind that maybe Icaria was going to be the answer. So you it took me yep, sorry, to kind of get there and a whole bunch of stuff happened in the meantime but that was the start of the the, the journey if you like for want of a better word.
0: I think this is really poignant because um, you're quite uh, clear in saying that you hadn't suffered a major tragedy. It wasn't like you'd hit rock bottom. It was more a gradual um, and even a very, you know, infinitesimally small decline over a few years. From the research that I've done listening to you interviewed um, on other programs, Spiri, it was more a sense of mental and spiritual fatigue that you put it, you know, you'd Put on a couple of extra kilos, but you hadn't put on twenty kilos. You'd raised. Right. Um, you were you're in the thick of raising a family. You're juggling work commitments, keeping a house clean, a you know a social life, a family life, and really just the the day to day challenges that many of us face that began to feel like it was grinding you down. And I, I think the reason why I think it's important for people to share for us to share that with people is that it, it, that tends to be Damo the a, a large reason why. Um, or a large part of the tribe that is attracted to coming to Ikaria is people that it's not as if they're broken and they're falling apart. It's more that they have this yearning or this feeling that there's something more to um, to living. And I suppose, I, I don't want to put it in your own words, uh, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but is that the way you felt about that trip to Ikaria? You weren't looking for this a cure to life because you didn't no. feel like you needed it. You really just wanted an enhancement of your life.
2: Absolutely. And in some ways, I mean, look, I've got a a perfectly lovely husband and gorgeous children, you know, and I've got a a lovely home and, you know, a really interesting job. And I thought, you know, why am I feeling this sense of malaise? You know, I should be really happy, you know. (laughs) Um, And in many ways, it was all about just reconnecting with some very simple things. Um, And also it was about, I guess, tweaking some things in my life on a more day to day basis, that would help me just live, feel um, a bit more connected to myself and feel a bit more connected to my surroundings and feel that I was somehow leading, um, for want of a better word, again, a more sort of meaningful life um, rather than just kind of going through the motions, which sometimes it feels we can just let things go a bit. And kind of go through the motions and that's okay for a bit, but if you let that go for too long, it really starts to, um, you know, things start to show in your body and in your spirit, I think. You know, you let things go and then you do put on a bit of weight or you feel more tired or you sort of start to feel a bit kind of down or whatever it is. So. Yes, it wasn't a radical change. I wasn't looking for like the big, you know, full-on ashram spiritual experience. I was just looking for something a little bit more. Um, And I started to do that even before I went to Ikaria, really. I started to make some changes. So Ikaria, going to Ikaria was really the kind of icing on the cake. I would
0: so, say so um, you've you been to from again my understanding is you were always drawn you were born in Melbourne uh, of, of uh, parents that were born in, in Greece and you had been travelling to Greece every four or five years so it wasn't as if you were unfamiliar with the culture my question is no. what was it about Ikaria that uh, helped you to get out of the malaise like you said you made some changes at home but what specifically about being in Ikaria um, helped you to enhance your life
2: um, look I guess Again, you know, the things that the Ikarians do, I believe, um, are things that traditionally a lot of Greek villages did, sort of in the, you know, mid 1900s and earlier. For example, they move a lot more on a very day-to-day basis. They eat real food that, you know, our perhaps our grandmothers or great-grandmothers would recognise. They connect through ritual, for example. Um, they, you know, I guess they often they have a spiritual belief or at least certainly some spiritual rituals. Um, And I guess all those things, they they rely on each other because they have to to survive in many ways. So all those things kind of used to happen, I think, around Greece in villages, you know, traditionally. But it seems that the Ikariens, I guess, the, the spotlight has been on the Ikarians and various other sort of blue zones, I guess um, places around the world um, and so I guess I focused on Ikaria because you know, I'd read it about it and I kind of became slightly obsessed with it um, but certainly those sort of things that happen in Ikaria I think have happened traditionally around Greece and various other places where there hasn't been too many like I guess Western influences like processed food and sitting at our desks all day, you know, working. And um, to some degree, some of our social relationships have broken down, like village-type relationships, even neighborhood relationships, that sort of things. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know if specific, I guess in reading about Ikaria, I started to think about it a lot more as a place that might be helpful to remind me of these things that I was aware of.
1: mm Mm. Uh, you've raised some really great oh, points in
2: this i don't know if that made any sense but
1: yeah, yeah. no <laughs> it makes <laughs> a lot of sense it makes heaps of sense and uh it's really beautiful because as you're speaking about it um and you mentioned you know it's why i've kind of become a little bit obsessed with icaria we've become obsessed with icaria as well marcus and i uh, paul listeners here us talk
0: about it every single episode <laughs> yeah.
1: the last three or four years for us has just been a a journey of immersion into the Ikaria lifestyle. And we come away from Ikaria both pumped up um, and at the same time longing for more. Um, and yep. with some, of, some of our people, that, well, some of, not our people, some of the people that have come with us on this trip have come back and their whole life has been turned upside down. They've had to change everything. Their whole lifestyle needs to, needs an overhaul. Yesterday, one of our um, attendees Posted a photo up of his uh, holiday home in Omaha in New Zealand with an Ikarian flag (laughs) flying from his flagpole. (laughs) Shout out to BJ and Karen. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: It's (laughs) fantastic. And and it's very hard to explain why the island is magic. And I feel like it's part landscape, part people, part something you just can't put your finger on. And I've been, I've travelled widely through Greece. Um, and you know every, you know every. For me, Greece is pretty magic, and I guess I often return to Greece because it fills my spiritual cup. I have to say that, and I know it sounds very weird and a bit New Agey, and I oh, don't no, care. That's, that's, that's all right. Oh, uh, um, certainly, Icaria, You know, the minute I landed and to the minute I left, I, there wasn't the a dull moment. I never felt like I had to do something. I never felt like oh, I had to go out and meet someone or be someone. I just. Kind of went with the island and the island and its people. I think really embraced me. Um, yeah,
1: I, I love that, and I, I love the fact that uh, as a Greek woman, you feel compelled and drawn back to uh, Greece. I mean, you're Australian Greek. You've been you are born in Australia uh, to Greek parents, and so you're only once removed from you know a, a, you know a world paradise. Let's, let's yeah. put it that way. And there is something magical about all of Greece, but there is something more magic magical about ikaria in that it's incredibly grounding or incredibly nourishing and nurturing as soon as you step foot off that off the plane off that little plane that you fly from athens into ikaria and then you jump on the bus to get to wherever you've got to get to, and it takes you almost another lifetime to get there uh, <laughs> on, a, on a single lane road um, that's got cliff faces and It took me
2: 10 hours to get to my hotel with, yes. with my guide, the gorgeous Ramya, um, yeah. who said, oh, yeah, I'll give you a lift to your hotel as long as you're happy to you know, make a quick detour. <laughs> and I got on that um, bus at one o'clock in the afternoon, twelve thirty, something like that. I didn't get into the hotel or the the rooms where I was staying till about ten thirty that <laughs> night. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. I, I We're not surprising because we understand it. Like we understand <laughs> the Icarian way. you understand the Icarian lifestyle. The time, you know, just because the sun's in the air, then it's still daytime, um, yeah. and it's, you know, it's either daytime or nighttime. So we get that. Um, but I think what I'm really loving about this and what I'm loving in your tone and in your conversation is this um, gravitational pull to Icaria. Um, mm. And it's more than just food and it's more than just the paniquiti and it's more than just the vinegar-tasting wine. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's more than all of those sorts of things, isn't it? Um, and it's hard to put your finger on it. Mm,
2: absolutely. I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but, you know, the word magic does come to mind and uh, uh, well, we'll go with that, I guess. <laughs> what about this
0: sense of home that you've spoken about in the book and, and in some of your previous books as well? I know um, your previous books talk about that 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 longing for a sense of home and uh, mm. when you were growing up you felt like a Greek-Australian and, you know, whatever whatever a Greek-Australian is and then you'd go to Greece and they'd refer to you as the Australian and then you were... You know, trying to work out a uh, really a large, I suppose, part of your identity. Damien and I have recorded a number of podcasts and talk about it a lot. That um, loving where you live and having a sense of home is perhaps the greatest superfood there is to having a, a great, a long life. Is that sense of community and, and feeling like you belong? Um, can you take us on that adventure? And it may not have been just Sicilia, but even just in your travels about what it took for you to feel that sense of home, because that is something that a lot of our attendees come along, they are looking for for that belonging, whether it's through um, more connection with other human beings in their local community or whether they're looking for that place where they really feel like they want to um, mm-hmm. stick their roots down. But what is it for you that allowed you to, to feel like you belong and, and love where you live?
2: Mm, that's a great question. Look, I, having grown up in Australia to Greek parents... Um, certainly um, when I was a teenager, for me, that was incredibly vexed because, you know, I wanted to live the life of what I thought it meant to be Australian. And, of course, I didn't have blonde hair. <laughs> but in my mind, that was what it meant. And I, I had big, big kind of Greek hips. And, you know, my parents ate strange food at home and we spoke Greek <laughs> at home. And, you know, I always... <laughs> felt like it would be sort of somehow more exciting or interesting to be Australian and and go to birthday parties. And I don't know, I had this stereotype in my mind. And anyway, I guess when I went to uni, I sort of really felt that um, I needed to find myself, as many people do. And um, when I finished uni, I had some money put aside that I called my freedom money. And that was going to be my little escape Um, And so I went off to Greece and various other parts in Europe, and I stayed there for about six months. And I guess I was searching for something to call home. Um, And I could never really call Australia home before I went on that trip. But when I went on that trip, I realized, one, that Greece was a big part of my psyche and being Greek, and that being Greek didn't mean having really strict parents who ate strange food. It meant that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, there was a really exciting culture in Greece. It had really moved on from the Greece of my parents' sort of youth um, mm. that they were really trying to hold on to. And, um, you know, young people in Athens were doing really exciting, interesting things. But also I spent some time with my grandparents and it made me realise that they, there were some they were some incredibly special, wise people. Um, I did it visited my parents' village home and I sat on a log in my parents' yard and I had this really powerful experience where I felt I was putting roots into that log. It was, it was a truly amazing experience. Anyway, so I came home from that trip feeling that belonging for me was um, a sense of place in myself and that was a real revelation. And for the first time ever, I was happy to sort of come back home to Melbourne because Melbourne is my home and say this is where I belong. Mm. And I felt comfortable with that. So there's a huge part of me that my Greekness, if you like, and I keep coming back to that and I keep going to Greece and I think I will go back to Greece, hopefully, um, in coming years. But certainly my sense of home is um, where my family is, um, where I am at any given time and where I feel kind of peaceful and safe and happy. And I guess to me that's that's a big part of being at home with yourself, I suppose, mm. no matter where you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm picturing you as a little girl um, growing, growing up in Melbourne because I grew up in um, Dandenong mm. and heaps of my mates that I went to school with were Greek and they had the fish and chip shop just down the road. And uh, and so I'm thinking about Fanola at the moment and uh, and then her cousin Nick. And so, you know, these are very Greek names. And just looking at, you know, from an Australian-born Australian family's perspective in it, a Greek family, thinking, oh, my gosh, these guys do things really differently. But because I lived in a multicultural place, I never really identified that maybe you guys um, didn't have – a full connection yet to to Australia so it 's really fascinating to me to listen to you talking about this here because when I went to Greece and when I went to Ikaria, I felt like I went home, even though i 'm not Greek um, mm. i'm My grandfather was Czechoslovakian, so I have a European heritage, and my mum's side of the family and my grandmother's side of the family was you know all you know English or irish so I feel – I know exactly what you're talking about, and I also can picture this – that feeling that you had when you sat on that tree log and you sunk some roots into the ground when you sat on that tree log because I also felt something like that when I was in Ikaria. So mm. it feels really nice to me that you experienced that and that I also experienced something similar um, despite there being, you know, an obvious cultural difference, although we grew up in probably similar sorts of environments. Um, and I love that. I, I think that maybe what happens in Icaria is that it's different. And maybe it's just a special place in the world that everybody kind of needs to get to. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm fascinated to know is what did you take from Ikaria that you brought back to Melbourne um, that you still do uh, now? Is it the food? Is it the mindset? Is it the pace? What, what did you bring back?
2: Look, I, I must. So I did quite. I made quite a few changes before I went to Ikaria. I started to eat a lot more plant food. I started to move more. I, I got myself a slightly more social job because <laughs> I was getting a bit sort of, I was working from home and starting to feel a bit isolated and kind of lonely. So I made quite a few changes before I went to Ikaria. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I sort of still struggled with before I went to Ikaria was this sense of doing too much. And time and struggling with time and kind of making peace with time. But, you know, this sense that you don't have forever, especially when you're middle aged like me, you kind of get to the, you know, this is my kind of midlife crisis. Are you memoir, 70? You're not 70. Um, where you sort of think, okay, I've done a fair bit. <laughs> what now? <laughs> and so when I went to Ikari, I was kind of, I was at that sort of place where I thought, okay, what about time? And to be very frank with you, for two weeks, I. Made no plans whatsoever. The only thing I did every morning was write, and I wouldn't allow myself to have a coffee until I'd written a thousand words.
1: Wow! You wouldn't get a coffee. You wouldn't get a coffee in Icaria until you'd written a thousand words, anyway. So. Are you talking <laughs> okay. about
0: in Melbourne or in or in Icaria that oh, you didn't in, make any plans?
2: Uh, and then I'd go down and have my breakfast at the gorgeous Via Pericos's um, uh, place, yeah. staying in my a bit of yogurt with honey, and then
0: how good's would, the yogurt like, with honey?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then I I actually made not a single plan for the whole two weeks I was there. And every day was filled with whatever happened. (laughs) So I I just sort of eased into that whole, I don't don't mind what happens and I will just let the island take me wherever it wants to take me. And it was just, um, so that whole idea of, okay, what's important will happen. And I had this idea in my mind that I might interview some elderly people, and it quickly became apparent that that wasn't going to happen because probably the elderly people are a little bit sick of being interviewed
0: and a bit you superstitious. Know, business, oh, a bit superstitious what, you, as well. They don't like all the attention.
2: No, but so I just sort of went with it, and I guess what one thing I've come back to here in Melbourne is that the important stuff that needs to happen in my day will happen. And the stuff that's not so important, well, it's not going to (laughs) happen. So, you know, somehow, you know, it seems that, you know, um, that's kind of stayed with me. And so my lists are a lot smaller these days. I don't make massive, really detailed lists of what I'm going to achieve. And often I'll put on my list, you know, ring my mum or go visit someone or, you know, other stuff that perhaps wouldn't have been on my task list maybe a few years ago. So yeah, this whole idea about time and reconciling myself with time and the fact that, you know, I'm not gonna stuff five million things into my day and that's okay. That's probably a good thing.
0: Oh, it's uh it is so much wisdom. I've got one more question for you, Spiri, and that's for all of the people that are listening to this, uh, that love everything that we're talking about, but for any number of reasons, they're, they're, they're never going to, uh, get to Icaria. I know for 2019, I'm trying to get my year around the fact that it's 2019. Uh, we've got Tracy coming and Natisse and Kerry. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, uh, Despina and her, um, her daughter Annie, Annie, um, Shelby from Texas. Um, look, and all of the people that have come with us before, they all have these, you know, different changes in their life, whether it's, you know, Jenny started to put, she would put chooks in the backyard. Uh, Hillary that came with us in 2016, she does a similar thing to you when you're, I remember uh, hearing you talk, Speary, about the fact that you would now walk to a train station rather than drive there and you'd you'd get in an extra two or three kilometres each day. It's exactly what Hillary's um, done, who's, who's over in Perth. All of these is subtle but profound changes that, that people make and really without uh, over dramatizing it we don't have to travel to the other side of the world to make these uh, shifts so my question to you is on behalf of the listeners that even though we'd love as many people as possible to come to Ikaria and for those people interested in joining us this year all you need to do is go to 100notour.com but for those people that aren't what advice would you have for them yes go and read my Ikaria of course which we'll give some um, links to in a moment but what advice would you have for those people that are desperate to make a shift in their life that don't have to revolutionize their life but they want to do as you did and enhance it what advice would you have for those listeners out there
2: Mm. um look for me one of the key things was the pivotal things was making a purpose list and there are only three things on that list um family health creativity for me if you've got five minutes ten minutes sit down and think about what it is in your life that gives you purpose and meaning and there might be you know two pages or there might be three words it doesn't matter and just i guess sit with that list and think about your life and what feeds into that list and some things won't feed into the list at all you know i don't know spending Two hours on Facebook might not. The day might not feed into the list, or maybe it does. I don't know. Who, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, and what feeds into the list? Do more of it, and what doesn't feed into the list? You know, just let it go. I don't know. You know, nothing radical. Um, but yeah, spend five or ten minutes thinking about what you feel is your purpose list. Um, what what gives you meaning what what gives you energy I guess
0: oh no that is mm. absolutely wonderful there is great. so much wisdom and uh, like most of the interviews we do Damo we could keep on talking about this forever and ever particularly when it is in relation to uh, Ikaria and uh, living a great long life Spirits and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really thank you for not just um, writing the book but really being able to um, communicate it in such a wonderful way on this episode of 100 Not Out. To all of our listeners, make sure you get a copy of the book My Ikaria uh, published by Black Ink Books. We'll put a link to the Black Ink Books website where you can um, purchase your copy of My Ikaria and get free delivery as well. Of course, it's available where all good, book, uh, all good books are sold. If they don't have it, make sure you can just ask for it them to bring it in and stock it in the store there's um lots of traditional greek and ikarian recipes in that book as well and um spirit truly thank you and as we'd like to wish all of our guests on the podcast may the rest of your life Spirit and Sirius, continue to be the best of your life
2: oh thank you so much marcus and damien really grateful um for the chance to speak about this phenomenal experience i've had and yeah it's it's great thank you so much
0: Thanks, Barry. Our absolute pleasure. To find out more about the great Damien Christoph. head on over to christophcom myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And again, if you would like to join us in Icaria, this September 4 to 13, 10 days on the island where people forget to die, head on over to apply at 100notout.com. A big shout out to everyone who makes this podcast possible, especially Joseph, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, and the entire team at thewellnesscouch.com. If you love this podcast, please head over to the iTunes store, give it a five-star rating, and share the podcast with your friends. Teach your friends and family how to listen to podcasts and you will open up a whole new world for them. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of 100 Not Out and until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.
1: This has been a production of The WellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives